and you're listening to Love in the Time of Corona with me, Kate Checker. How's your week been? How are you feeling this week? I know for me that this week has been better than the last. I'm slowly learning how to get into a kind of routine, sort of find myself in this new normal that we're all living in at the moment. Uh, today I cycled across town to go see my therapist. I had been socially distancing from her, but it turns out you are allowed to go and see your therapist in this time. So that's good news. Uh, she gave me some good advice about learning to open up to people and to take care of myself, which is good advice really at all times. And so I thought we would make this episode all about sort of the individuals that are working out how to deal with this new space we're in, how to find yourself in this new reality we're living in, and yeah, and just how we're coping basically. The end of the episode I have a really lovely meditation from Lily at the Anoki Tribe, which is a Berlin-based podcast all about ordinary women doing extraordinary things or extraordinary women doing ordinary things and it's really lovely and you should check it out. Before that I have a submission from Jordana Delfel. This one is about domestic violence. So I just want to slap a bit of a trigger warning on that, just in case that's a sensitive issue for you. That will be in the second half. And I also have a submission from my friend Nick, who is the co-host of a really good podcast called Corner Spatey. It's all about politics. I was on it, so you can find an episode with me talking about development workers and stuff back in the day when we could have opinions on politics and the news didn't just say one thing so that's uh, nice and before that I'm going to read a submission from Isa who runs the project People Rishi Ladders and yeah so she sent me a really lovely submission about what it means to take care of yourself so I'm going to be reading that first and I hope you enjoy and stay safe Being confined made me realize I was not giving love to the most important person, myself. I can have time for myself. I can have a rest, letting my mind and my body being overwhelmed by love. Having a beauty routine, meditating, exercising, positive affirmation helped me daily to cope with my mental disorders. We don't learn enough about self-love or have many misconceptions. I was taught for a long time that self-love is not important or something to flatter the ego. Self-esteem is so important for so many reasons. It keeps toxic people away. It helps when you have mental health issues. It brings joy, motivation and benevolence. Being confined can trigger and depression, anxiety and eating disorders. I felt scared for the first days. Scared to fall again over into these traps. I'm fighting every day for years to not let these issues consume me and turn my life into death. It's very hard to stick to the discipline, I know, but it is really worth it to try. I do think we are on earth for a specific purpose, and we should do everything we can to find out about it. By sticking to this discipline and healing, I'm giving myself so much love and cultivate self-love. 
I need to give myself love before giving love to anybody else, whether it is romantic or a friendship. I was scared about being confined, but not particularly about the COVID-19. Many times I went through hard times and built resilience through that. One difficult phase more or less in my life doesn't change much. Meanwhile, I reflect a lot on my life, on what I want and what I don't want. I get rid of the people I don't want in my life anymore and try to have a good time virtually with the people I like and love. I give a lot of myself for my project called People Rested Lazardas, and I'm often frustrated because I don't see the fruits of my labour. But this confinement has reminded me of the most important things in life. Health, the people you love, and the gratitude to have every day, and the rest will come or not. I think this confinement reminds us that we are not eternal on this earth, and we really need a revolution to save it. Even if we want to put individualism first, collectivity is what defines humanity. The actions we take have consequences for ourselves and for others, as we can see during this crisis. Loneliness and boredom can sometimes be difficult to live during these periods of confinement, but I think they are necessary for everyone to reflect on the meaning of life and humanity. Thanks to this confinement, you suddenly have basic rights that you should have always had. To work less, to spend more time with your family, to rest more, to have more time for your hobbies, for yourself, everything that doesn't have to do with work. I find it very serious because we live in a world where the capitalist system governs our lives and imprisons us in conditions that slowly destroy us. The most important work is not what makes us money, it is what we do for ourselves, for others, and for our planet. Thank you, Isa, for sending that in. That was super beautiful. Um, yeah, really nice. And be sure to go check out her project at People Rushy Lazadas uh, on Instagram and her website, which she runs a blog. Um, next up, we've got Nick, who's going to talk about finding, yeah, his new normal in this space so enjoy hi my name is nick and i would first and foremost like to thank kate chucka for um reaching out and asking me asking me to to do a piece for her podcast of love in times of corona and um while i don't have a romantic or sexual partner that then I am I'm quarantined with um I thought I would talk about a different type of love that I've been experiencing during this quarantine and no I'm not talking about just you know copious amounts of masturbation out of boredom being alone in my apartment but um yeah I uh, uh I'm talking about self-love uh, or whatever I can make out of it in that sense. So I guess in my situation, I'm in a big apartment um, where normally three other people live, and I am more or less by myself half the time. Two of my roommates went back home, smart of them, and uh, my other roommate comes and goes between here and her boyfriend's place. I can't blame her. I guess. But so that leaves me with a lot of time 
to myself and that can obviously lead to a lot of you know anxiety depression and stuff like that and I've really been trying to deal with that on my own especially with the daily scare of thinking that I have COVID-19 because I wake up with allergies due to the weather being so nice obviously last week or a headache because I didn't drink enough water during the day because I spent the whole day you know chugging coffee and and other caffeinated beverages not sodas though keeping it healthy um yeah so um I guess for me, and this is just personal reflection for myself more so than just like this isn't like a tricks and tips or hacks on how to, you know, deal with this. But this is just for something that then has been a learning and growing experience for myself of how to not just pass time, but then also and I don't want to sound like like overachiever, like wake up eight in the morning, uh, drink, drink my coffee, have a healthy breakfast, nine o'clock, read for two hours, take a shower. No, like I my. I'm very much embracing that time does not exist and that we are in this weird kernel of a revolutionary period, potentially because capitalism is collapsing around us and the and the the uh, the fault lines of capitalism are wide open and where can we go from here? But we are all quarantined, so so on, so on, so forth. Um, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, I, I do at least try to maintain some level of sanity by doing at least something during the day. Um, that then gives me at least some sense of self-worth and some sense of accomplishment that then makes me feel good about myself while then pretty much being inside most of the day. I mean, I do get to go out on my balcony, which is nice, but a general lack of human contact is, is you know, kind of shit, not going to lie. But I guess, like, for me, the most important thing is always, like, no matter what time of the day it is, like, I just want to, like, make sure that then I have taken a shower. Because I've noticed that then for me is, like, going around feeling, you know, that I haven't showered definitely, like, already puts me in a kind of, like, a crummy mood of that then, like, well, you know, I could just sit around and just watch Netflix all day. And not to say that I haven't done that multiple days. Uh, I have gone through... um all of I, I rewatched all of the Sopranos, uh, so I don't know how many hours of of TV that is. Um, I was, uh, uh, you know, a disgusting little piggy and gave into the trend of watching Tiger King, and I've now been, you know, I don't know, watching other dumb shit because you know there there is a lot of downtime. Not gonna lie, but you know, uh, shower even if it's like I mean I took a shower today at like four o'clock in the afternoon. It helped. I felt a lot better. I felt genuinely rejuvenated and and good and 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 cleansed and pure and 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 all that um and then just having like some i guess relatively like i don't want to say larger project because it isn't really true but like let's say that then i have a lot of laundry to do like you know take my time do all my laundry have myself like have a sense of accomplishment of like okay then i've done that um, today I moved a really ugly couch into my room from a different room because I wanted a different place to sit in, you know, kind of pointless, meaningless tasks, but I'm actually happy that I moved this couch in here. Um, yesterday I was researching if, uh, if, if, if Italy leaves the European Union, that could be a bad thing for me because then I wouldn't be able to stay in Germany. So, you know, just fun stuff, stuff to keep you, you know, keep you moving and going around. Also, um with 
especially with last week with the weather being so nice, I have been like trying to, you know, uh, go outside um, and maintain social distancing or whatever the hell we're supposed to be doing. And whether it be a walk or a bike ride, um, I've been trying to um, relive my teenage years and, and tried uh, skating, skateboarding again um, unsuccessfully. But nonetheless, it gives me something to do that then, um, I don't know, has some level of fulfillment if I can, you know, do something or whatever. So that's, that's, that, that is like something that's actually genuinely be, been good and, and um, you know allowed me to to do some sort of physical activity outside of them you know having just like sit in a park and get yelled at by the police for not being far enough away from people or some shit like that i don't know and uh one other thing that then i've been doing is you know taking my time to um prepare not prepare prepare is the wrong word it makes it sound like i'm like meal prepping um but cooking like good meals and like uh for those who do know me i really like cooking um i think i'm a pretty decent cook um, I attempted at the very beginning of quarantine to like share recipes on Instagram, but like holding a phone and cooking at the same time is a very awkward thing. I don't know how these, uh, you know, internet stars do it. I mean, I do know they have different equipment or someone helping them, but I tried that. I got like, you know, genuinely good response from friends and family of like, oh, that looks nice. Or they would suggest me things. And then starting like an interaction with maybe some people I haven't talked to in a while. Just be like, oh, hey, everything, like, hope everything's well for you and so on. Um, but if you also follow me on Instagram, you know that I stopped doing that because I made too much food at the beginning. So um, that was honestly something kind of funny to, to have happen. People then like writing me like, oh, why didn't you... Uh, why have you stopped doing that? Like, have you are 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 you okay? Like, and it was literally just because I made too much food. But uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, at Norm Chumsky. Um, yeah, no, uh, just selfless. Uh, 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 you know, sorry, uh, no selfless, shameless plug. Uh, uh here on uh, love in times of Corona, for my Instagram, and I've really been trying to like obviously uh not just focus on reading like the news and stuff like that or like checking the corona counter because that definitely will drive me absolutely mad um it also is kind of crappy because um i do a politics podcast uh cornish baby check it out k check was also on an episode of that like a little bit over a month ago um and uh yeah, it's like kind of hard to then if I have to like do research or whatever, like trying not to get like too sucked into the sphere of 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 that. Today I was kind of bad about it. I went on a tweet storm, but it's okay. Like it's 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 nothing nothing too terrible. I'm in a, a pretty decent mood today, so it's it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, just for for like, and I guess like the the most important thing for me has been just trying to like you know maintain contact with my friends and family, especially like those who aren't in Berlin, um, who are in areas that then are potentially doing much worse than Berlin, like uh, my family and friends in the U.S. and whatnot. And, you know, just showing, um, you know, that I care and that I want to talk to them and just hope that everything's doing well and how that that kind of works, you know. Um, you know, showing love, compassion, and care to your friends and family also then reflects, I think, quite well then back to you, having, you know, 
knowing that then you have people who care about you. And it was really nice to me that then I had people that I didn't talk to for a long time message me asking if I was okay because they know that I have um, like lung problems or whatever. So that was genuinely nice that they were like, you know, taking extra care. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm like, like, like I said, this was like just for me, just like self-reflection of, of how I've been trying to deal with this um, alone, which genuinely kind of sucks, but um, not trying to get too bogged down either by just like the anxiety of the situation that then could become because of global pandemic or um, simply by the sense of, of not having very much interaction with people. I mean, like going to the store is, is not fun. I think we can all agree about that. Um, you know, having to go to the store with, um, you know, a self like like a bandana around my face and and you know winter gloves so that um i don't continuously end up with the thought that if i touch this you know fruit that i'm not going to get covid19 if i accidentally touch my nose or whatever in the meantime so uh that's genuinely been <laughs> like a fright but nonetheless um yeah and i don't like like um like I said, like this is just, just, just you know, for personal reflection for myself of trying to, to and I've had some pretty like pretty bad days like in between. I'm not gonna try to say that then it's been been good. It is very hard to be with yourself and entertain yourself. I guess entertain is the wrong word, but it's it's it is very hard sometimes to be by yourself, especially in the sense where you can literally just sit and watch Netflix or watch YouTube or do nothing. And have that kind of then create this sense of like, you know, kind of kind of a feeling of worthlessness. And I, 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 I can be very honest and say that I've had a few of those days here and there where I have been very removed from people. But at the same time, too, it's like having then people then at the same time would notice that then I haven't like talked to them in like, a, you know, a few days, or whatever, then reaching out to me being like, hey, I like, hope everything's OK. Starting then the dialogue that then maybe I don't want to like initially do at that moment in time, but then really kind of like, you know, talking about then how I feel and this, you know, I guess depending on like the person who it is and whatnot, and like our, our own or our personal relationship that, that we have um, has 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 been quite helpful. But yeah, so I mean, that's just, you know, like I said, my experience, um, uh, you know, if any of this stuff does work for you, try it out, maybe. Um, this is a very, you know, scary and unsure time, whether it be then that just simply because of coronavirus or if you're like me and job situation and stuff like that, you're very unsure of income has definitely obviously been halted <laughs> during this time, uh, which is obviously a stress. I think that a lot of people, um, especially like the German government, I personally think hasn't dealt with properly, um, that is maybe a topic for my politics show, if you want to check that out. Like I said, Corner Spatey, uh, at Corner Spatey on Twitter. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. So, I mean, there is, like, there are these other externalities that I think a lot of people then often then forget that are intertwined within the sense of a global pandemic. And, um, but yeah, like I said, like, this stuff is just stuff that then is trying to you know, has, I've, I've attempted to do to help me. It doesn't like, it doesn't work every single day, but maybe you can try some out, you know, stay hydrated. That's something I can definitely, um, uh, suggest 
as as an actual tip because nothing's more fun than getting a headache and thinking that you have COVID-19 because you read an article about the symptoms of it and simultaneously you realize that you have shortness of breath and a headache because of anxiety and dehydration. But um, yeah, I hope that that was uh, okay. And once again, just a big, big, big thank you uh, to Kate for reaching out. Uh, this was genuinely something that was was fun for me to do a little like self-searching of how I've been trying to not only just keep myself sane, but um, care for myself and, uh, you know, try to then, you know, respect myself and show myself self-love when this is like quite difficult. So, yeah. Yay, thank you, Nick, for submitting that. And go check out Cornish Beatty. It also has Kieran, who is a fellow comedian of mine, who's also very, very great, and Rob. And they're all very smart. And, uh, yeah, so go and see that. Next up, we have a submission from Jordana Delfeld. And this is the one that's about domestic violence. So if that's a sensitive issue for you, then I would advise you skip the next 10 minutes domestic abuse in the time of corona does crisis change the line in the sand for assault or not so here's the story I would have tapped my juicy young friend Adam in a hot minute, like the cougar I am, long ago, if he weren't in a serious, long-term, cohabiting, monogamous relationship, very serious indeed, so serious there were questionnaires, and whiteboard charts, and hours of mutual soul-searching. When had I gotten too old for that kind of seriousness? Adam told me that he was failing to give back sufficiently. He said he was trying to make himself change, but felt he wasn't changing fast enough, even though he was working quite hard at it. He talked a lot about working on the relationship. Whenever I saw him, he was working on the relationship. This sounded exhausting. No wonder romantic stories usually revolved around young people. Life was already full of hard work. Who else had enough energy for additional work? Adam's girlfriend, like many Germans currently of dating age, was the product of a traumatizing and abusive childhood with parents who had soaked up a lot of dark Nazi child-raising shit in their own childhoods and were now passing it on, which was consistent with an article I had read in the Atlantic Monthly a couple years ago that might as well have been called, No, Jordana, you are not making it up. The children of the Third Reich passed their crap on to their children, who are now the right age to be having deeply dysfunctional romantic or sexual relationships. We hope the buck will stop with them, but there's a hell of a lot of crap to undo. 
Maybe the next generation will have a better shot at healthy intimacy. This one is probably another washout. History leaves long shadows. Anyway, this girlfriend was a giver. She was the kind of woman who would turn herself inside out for her man, unsolicitedly putting him, not herself, at the center of her plate, voluntarily devoting herself slavishly to doing everything for her man. Like so many billions of women who had come before her, she thought love meant slitting open a wrist and begging the beloved to suck from it. Hell, there were entire religions based around this understanding of what it meant to be a woman who loved. And there were entire countries based around those religions, entire continents. At least she was in abundant company. And... Like the abundant company that came before her, she got upset when he didn't, in turn, slit a wrist for her to drink from. He was trying to give her what she wanted, he said, but he just wasn't changing fast enough. He never mentioned what he wanted, although right now he said that a week alone in the woods sounded pretty good. Relationships are for healing each other's shadows, aren't they? He asked, wistfully. I had never felt older. I realized I had done enough work in my entire life, and I didn't want to work at healing anybody's shadow. It was impossible to do anybody else's growing for them anyway. I knew because I had tried but mostly I felt old, because I wanted to ask him, but what about whimsy? What about lightness? What about play? Surrounded mostly by broken, avoidant, emotionally walled-off middle-aged men who ran the minute a woman said hello, I think this was the first time in my life I ever felt the need to lecture in favor of taking a relationship less seriously. But there I was, hungry to preach the gospel of fun. Anyway, the quarantine was going hard on the two lovebirds. Even though they had separate bedrooms, she would give so that she could feel like she deserved love. He wouldn't give enough back, so then she'd give more. And then he'd turn into a rock. Then she'd scream. And then he'd try to do what she had taught him she wanted by leaning in when he wanted to hide and opening his heart and listening when he wanted to run. And then she'd really scream and throw crockery and glassware at his head Sometimes she did not miss. He wondered why the neighbors had not yet intervened, given the amount of screaming and things hitting walls that went on in their flat, and I wondered why he needed neighbors to make this decision for them. He longed to move out for a month to give them some space to figure things out, but she had taken it upon herself to work quite hard finding them the two-bedroom flat in a nice neighborhood, 
and had drawn up a contract stating that if he moved out, he was responsible for finding flats for both of them. It's like a divorce, he said. He also mentioned that they did not want to break up because they had put so much hard work into the relationship over the last three years that they really didn't want to ever have to start over with anyone else and have to redo all that hard work all over again. A couple days later, he said that they had come to some peace and the love was still strong. I said that love isn't enough and a relationship is about the whole picture, but I could not trust myself to say more because it would be all too easy to slip and find myself saying, Oh, come over here, you scrumptious thing, and let's make mad passionate love all night long. Plague be damned. So I bit my tongue, and I just wished him good luck. And I thought of my too many female friends who had been in violent, abusive relationships with men and who stayed with the men with just as much determination as Adam showed. Were the rules any different because of the plague? And was it wrong of me to judge as if life were normal? And if it were not wrong of me, at what point do we stop giving people a free pass labeled, hey, they're dealing with a lot of shit right now? And at what point do we hold them accountable for their actions to the same degree as we would someone who was not dealing with a lot of shit? Exactly what is okay and what is not okay, even if they are dealing with a lot of shit. Where do we draw the line? And where does society have a right to step in and decide people's lives for them if the people are making a violent, dangerous hash of things? At what point does an adult's safety stop being their own responsibility and become the responsibility of the people around them? What would you do if you were a penniless massage therapist now completely out of work and there were a plague going on in a city with a serious housing crisis and you were cohabiting with someone who screamed at you every day and periodically threw bowls at your head? Would you stay or would you go knowing that being in the same flat was not helping either of you be happy but also knowing how nearly impossible it would be to find somewhere else to sleep. And as the rates of domestic violence skyrocket around the world, do we hold irritable, scared, desperate, caged people to exactly the same standards of what counts as horrible behavior as before, or not? If yes, why? And if not, why not? And now that we are all having a taste of what it feels like to be our worst selves in the face of a long-term, shitty, bitterly hard situation for many of us, you folk with untouched jobs and untouched money and plenty of snuggles can shut up, are we suddenly getting a chance to better understand our comrades in countries where domestic violence is rampant? Do the 40,000 Russian women who die every year at the hands of their boyfriends and husbands 
start to make a sick kind of sense. I'm not saying to validate the violence, but are we starting to have more insight into it? And does a wider spread comprehension of and respect for the factors that go into creating domestic violence do anything to advance the worldwide cause of diminishing it? Thank you, Jordana, for sending us that. And finally, for today's episode, we have Lily at the Anoki tribe um, with a meditation, a guided meditation, just to bring you back into your sort of body. Um, maybe helps you fall asleep if you're listening to this in the evening. Um, so yeah, enjoy that. And I'm just going to let it play out to the end, which means that I will say now the things I need to say, which is... Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you stay safe and well. And let me know if you have anything you want to contact about, uh, anything you want to submit. The email is love in the time of podcast at gmail.com. And you can find me, uh, Kate Checker, on Facebook and on Instagram. So you can just hit me up there. Okay. then from here find a comfortable seat you can also lie down you can lie down on your bed on the mat on the ground or sit on your chair everything is fine however you're feeling the most comfortable and then start by taking a couple of really deep breaths inhaling into the nose and exhaling out through the mouth <sighs> really deep breath <sighs> and if you haven't already you can slowly close the eyes and continue to breathe deeply With every exhale, make yourself even more comfortable. And breathe deeply in through the nose and out through the mouth. Breathing in deeply through the nose, really expanding your belly on the inhale. And exhale, open the mouth, let go. Ah. If you're alone at home, you can make loud noises. You can really breathe deeply and exhale with a sigh. Ah. Inhale through the nose, expanding the rib cage wide to the sides. And exhale all the air out, relaxing the shoulders on the exhales. Inhale, 
into the chest. And exhale, soften the muscles on your forehead. Soften the muscles in between your eyebrows. Whenever you inhale, feel your upper body expanding, growing in size, really increasing, using the whole capacities that your lungs have to offer. And exhale, letting all the air out, feeling the upper body softening, becoming smaller in size. With the next inhale, make it the deepest inhale that you have taken all day, maybe even all week long, really expanding the belly, opening up the ribcage into the chest and exhale, let it all go. We continue to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. We'll shortly begin with our pranayama, our breath work. And for the breath work, I will be counting and guiding you. So we inhale for two counts into the nose. And then without pausing in between inhales and exhales, we exhale through the open mouth on four counts. We will do this for a couple of minutes. I will be guiding you and whenever you feel a little bit uneasy or a bit dizzy, then just come back to the natural breath. So we inhale into the nose and out through the mouth. Wherever you are in your breath rhythm, just take a big exhale right now. And then in two, out two, three, four. In two, out two, three, four. In through the nose, out through the mouth, three, four. In two, out two, three, four, in, two, out, two, three, four, in through the nose and out through the open mouth, in, two, out, two, three, four, 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 in, out, in, out, in, two, out, two, three, four. In, two, out, two, three, four. In, two, out, two, three, four. 
in two out two three four 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 in out in out in two out two three four 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 now we take a deep inhale in filling up the lungs and then exhaling all the air out <sighs> exhaling all the air out and then holding the air out closing the mouth relaxing the body relaxing the shoulders relaxing the muscles of the face you're able to hold the breath out for so much longer and if you're having difficulties you can always swallow Whenever you feel the need to inhale, inhale slowly into the nose, filling up the lungs with fresh air and then holding the air in for another moment as long as it feels comfortable for you. Resting in that meditative space. Whenever you feel like you cannot hold the breath any longer, just slowly come back to the natural rhythm.
and resting in that space. Coming back to the natural rhythm of the breath. And you may ask yourself here, how am I feeling right now? How am I feeling right now? Like a curious kid, just observe whatever comes up. Don't judge. Don't analyze, don't engage with any thoughts. Let them just be there. And like a curious kid, you're just looking at all of them with a lot of interest. Whatever feelings are coming up right now, pick one of the emotions. Pick one. And then bring awareness into the physical body. And see if you can feel this emotion in your physical body. Often, for example, we experience joy and happiness in the heart or sadness in the chest or anxiety in the guts and butterflies in the stomach. Whenever you ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? Where do you notice this as a physical sensation in your body? And if you have found a feeling, you can place a hand onto this area. If you haven't found a feeling, don't worry. Continue breathing, continue being curious, practice patience. If you found a feeling and you have placed a hand onto this area, then breathe deeply into the hand. Take Deep inhales into this area 
and actually relax that part of your body. With every exhale, let that tension go. Inhale deeply into the specific part of your body and exhale deeply, let go. And with every exhale, also relax and drop the shoulders. <sighs> relax and soften the muscles in your face. Ah. Exhaling with a sigh, as loud as it needs to be right now. Ah. Letting go of all that tension. Bringing awareness back onto the parts of your body that are touching and resting on the ground. Your feet, your legs, your buttocks, maybe your back. Bring awareness into the sensation of sitting, of lying on the floor. And breathe deeply. And then visualize. Imagine that you're sitting on the grass out in the nature. A beautiful wide, vast field. And you can feel the grass tickling your feet and your legs. You can smell the earth. There is a scent of freshly cut grass and blooming flowers in the air. You can hear birds chirping the wind going through the leaves of the trees nearby. The wind is gently caressing your skin. Spring is in the air. The sun is shining brightly. And even though you have your eyes closed, you can notice the bright light behind your eyelids. You can feel the warmth of the sun on your face. Sweet, warm light. And the sunlight, like warm liquid honey 
is flowing into your body. Flowing into the crown of your head and allowing you to relax the crown of your head. It's flowing into the back of your head. Allowing you to relax this part of your body. Allowing you to relax the forehead and the eyebrows, the space between the eyebrows, the eyelids. the eyes, the temples, the ears, allowing you to relax the cheeks, the nose, the space between the nose and the upper lip, the upper lip, the tongue is completely relaxed, the lower lip, the chin, the jaw, the throat, and the neck. Relaxing the shoulders, relaxing the right shoulder and the left shoulder, the right upper arm, right elbow, the lower arm, the right wrist, the hand the palm, the right little finger, the ring finger, middle finger, the index finger, and the thumb. The right hand and right arm are completely relaxed. And relaxing the left upper arm, the elbow, the lower arm, the wrist, the hand, the palm, the little finger, the ring finger middle finger, index finger, and thumb. The whole left hand and arm are completely relaxed. This warm liquid sunlight continues to flow into your body, into the chest, 
to every single one of your ribs. Until the whole rib cage is full of gold and sunlight. Into the belly. And the belly button. The lower back. And the whole upper body is completely relaxed. This warm honey continues to flow into your hips, allowing you to relax the sexual organs, the right butt cheek, and the left butt cheek, flowing into the right upper leg, the right knee, right lower leg, into the ankle, and top of the foot, the sole of the foot, into every single one of the little toes, Finally flowing out of the big toe. And then relaxing the left upper leg. The left knee. The left lower leg. The left ankle. Top of the left foot, sole of the left foot, all the little toes of the left foot, and finally the left big toe. And your whole body is full of this warm liquid sunlight and it's flowing out of your fingers and out of all of your ten toes. Like a never-ending well, it's flowing into the crown of your head, relaxing the whole body. And continue to rest with this warm feeling. This warm feeling of you being surrounded by Mother Earth. This warm feeling of Mother Earth taking care of you, nurturing you. And loving you just the way you are right now. You can fully be yourself. Putting all of your trust in Mother Earth and her love for all of us.
And resting in those warm You may continue to rest in this feeling if you like. If you like, you can just stay with the breath and switch off the computer and rest in your own meditation. Meditation. 